What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Wizards of Gallery Place podcast. Brennan and Dama back on the show, and today we got another guest on with us. We have Delante, Mr. D talks a lot from the YouTube. What's going on, man? How you doing? What's going on, man? I'm feeling pretty good. Glad to be on the show. Thank you, as always, for the invite. Never turn it down. You know, happy to talk with this basketball. Yeah, definitely happy to have you on, and uh, definitely nice to be back and recording. I know we haven't talked in a while since uh, yeah, the last time we recorded, but season's getting a little bit closer, and, uh, you know, fall is finally coming, which usually means basketball is right around the corner once uh, NFL kicks off, you know, basketball is soon to follow, and uh Got some NFL action tonight, first game of the season, Cowboys and Bucks. Before we get into the basketball stuff, I want both – are both of you guys Ravens? No, you're an Eagles fan, and Damo, you're a Ravens fan. So Sorry. both of you, D, we'll start with you. Give me your team's prediction for this year. If you have anything more than six wins, that's really bold. I think – I think – I definitely think six. Would it be six and ten, or would it be six, six and eleven? Yeah, it would be like I think six and eleven or seven and ten can be realistic. I think the Eagles do. I mean, they. I think they do have an opportunity to do better than I expect and what most people expect. Um, but they definitely are more of into a almost kind of rebuilding stage. I wouldn't say completely because they do have talented pieces still. But and like in the in the NFC East, I would say the favorite for sure is the Washington football team. Personally, even as an Eagles fan, I definitely think defensively they have the best defense and offensively, you know, the quarterback position is a little iffy. You know, up and down Fitzpatrick can be, but I mean, I would say they're the favorite in Philly. They could make some noise, but I'm not gonna go crazy and be like, oh, 10 and 10 and 5 or 11 and 5 or whatever. I, I think I kind of feel the same way uh, with the NFC East, I, but I think it's kind of like a three-way between Dallas, uh, the Giants, and Washington. I could see any one of those teams coming away with the division. The Giants had the best offseason of the group, but Washington already had the best team, and now Dallas is going to have a full season of Dak Prescott. So the NFC East is definitely going to be way more interesting this season than last year. And then, like you said, I also could see the e Eagles making some noise. Uh Damo, tell me about your Ravens, man. What do we got going on this year? What's up with uh, Lamar? Is he going to take a leap this year or what? MVP, man. Running MVP. it back. MVP. Okay. Bucket. The floor, the floor is 10 wins, man. That's the floor. So floor is 10 wins. We, we starting there. I, I ain't going to get no, no prediction on it, but I, I feel like he's going to be in that. Lamar going to be in that MVP conversation. Um, Even, even losing Dobbs, man. You know, that was a big blow, but... Um, I, I don't think the the Ravens running game is predicated on one particular back. Like, you know, the the the, the star of the show is is number eight. So they're gonna go as he go. And I think he's gonna be an MVP form because there's been a whole lot of lot of chatter about he ain't this and he ain't that. And I'm sure it's on the bulletin board. So I just want people to keep that same energy in about four or five months. <laughs> Yeah, I'll never forget um, that whole draft class. I wanted the the Giants to take Lamar Jackson at number two. I was one of the only few that thought, hey, he was the best quarterback in the class. 
it, which I really honestly didn't think it took that much to look at on tape to see that he was clearly the most talented, but uh, clearly people thought differently. And when he was available too, I was screaming for them to take him. Um, I was definitely happy with Saquon Barkley. And the wild fact is that the Giants both could have came away with both Saquon Barkley and Lamar Jackson. And if that was the case, and this isn't a shot at Daniel Jones, but how dynamic would the Giants offense be right now with those two? So um, it's pretty interesting when you think about it like that. Uh, of course, the Eagles screwed us by always by giving the pick to the Ravens because <laughs> if the, if that had stayed the same, then Lamar Jackson would have been there on the board when the Giants picked in the second round, and he probably would have been a New York Giant because rumor has it, rumor has it, um, is that the Giants would have taken him if he was available at that spot. So that's one of the wow. biggest draft regrets um, I'll oh, ever have, wow. I guess. But Man, yeah, Saquon Lamar tandem, Jesus. Yes. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, that would have been I guarantee crazy. you Pat Shermer would still be the head coach of the Giants if that was the case. Yeah, for but sure. Anyway, moving on to some Wizards basketball. So I think we had what all three of us here would consider a successful offseason. We upgraded the roster tremendously all around. Uh, we were able to dump Russell Westbrook's contract and get in some quality players in return that can help in some key spots uh, throughout the depth that we just really haven't had in a while. But, D, just quickly overall, I mean, what was what was your opinion of the offseason and particularly with uh, moving Westbrook? Uh, I was shocked when it happened. Like, I mean, the rumors, like, it, the rumors have popped up, but I didn't think that it was really going to come to fruition until it did. Um, I think it was a win for all sides. I think Russ, he gets closer to a ring, and it's probably he's been in his career since he's been to the finals. I think for the Wizards, we all know why it was a win, because one, you move that contract. Two, you create flexibility. You get all these different assets that you can potentially move if necessary now. And to go from Wall's contract to Westbrook's contract to you know, however many assets they got with KCP, Kuzma, Holiday, and then Kispert now and Todd. It's impressive. Tommy Shepard, it was A-plus GMing from him. Yeah, I think that both of us definitely agree with that. Now, we don't – I mean, overall, with just the Russ experience for the entire year, like, what was it like for, for you personally? I know that you typically were – a little bit more positive about the situation. And I don't know if that was to just sort of um, like keep the Russ fans at bay or whatever, but I mean, just overall, like what was your opinion of the, the Westbrook experience for the one year here in DC? I think that, I think that the experience personally, it started off bad. And a lot of that had to do with, just how the Wizards handled him being injured and everything, and him playing while injured. Secondly, I think the Thomas Bryant injury hurt a lot. It hurt the team and just the flow of everything. And just the roster that they put, they, they had around Russ, it just didn't really make sense because we all know what time, kind of player Russell Westbrook is, and we know his weaknesses. And I feel like you have a roster when you have one legit shooter like, Bradley Bill wasn't, like, a sharp shooter anymore, if you look at the percentages. And then Garrison Matthews really didn't play as consistently for me to really count him. So you really just had Bertans. 
So looking at the roster and how everything played out, I mean, I'm not surprised that it really didn't be, it really wasn't successful. But I mean, it was definitely frustrating at times and it was definitely impressive at times. Like, I'm not going to say he didn't have great, you know, spans of games, like especially towards that end of the year, Mark, even though you can say the schedule was pretty easy and whatnot. But I mean, I feel like I was pretty fair, you know, when he was playing bad. I said my criticisms when he was playing well, I had my praise for him. So it was up and down. And I think a lot of people who had Russ fans who had Russ on the team would say the same thing up and down, you know, highs and then lows. For sure. I think that that's a, a really good and fair way to describe it because I think that at the end of the day, all this stuff that you said about the, um, that the roster not being that great around him and not even that it really needs to be great, but just the fit all around throughout the roster with him was just, it wasn't good. And I don't think it was well thought of when they made the trade to get rid of John Wall. I feel like the, the trade that was made was made to just to get rid of John Wall more so than it was about bringing Westbrook in, no matter how they want to um, yeah. market that or, or say that or whatever. And they'll never say that. And they shouldn't because it would obviously look really bad PR-wise. But um, anyway, moving on to this season. So we're not going to talk about the, the moves that were made. We're not going to go through all of them because we all know what they are at this point. But I do want to talk about the Eastern Conference and where the Wizards now fit with a new point guard in Spencer Dinwiddie with the addition of Corey Kispert. Year three, Rui. We have year two, Denny. We have Kyle Kuzma. It's a lot of fun across this Wizards roster. And the troubling thing right now for me personally is figuring out where they fit. Because Damo, if you remember when we had Chase on this past time, it was a little difficult for me to quite place where they may be because you can look at this situation two ways. You can say, okay, um, the Wizards lost Westbrook and they don't have the star power anymore, so automatically they're going to go a little bit lower. Or you can say... Okay, well, Westbrook really wasn't that good of a fit and required the ball too much. And now we have all this depth and a point guard that will mesh a little bit more. And now the wins can go up. So it's a little bit troubling on where to place them in the East. Now, overall, talent wise, I think that they can compete with the five, the six, the seven, you know, maybe give the four seed a run for their money. But I still have this team as a play-in team as much as I want to think that they got better because I think that they did. And I think that also with the coaching change that I haven't mentioned, I think we'll see some of that turn positively into our favor on the court. But Dama, overall, when you look at this team and then look at the East and more moves have happened since the last time we talked and things have settled now, different expectations and projections are now out everywhere. Where do you see this team at? Yeah, so I, I think, you know, kind of what you said there, like I think it's a little bit of both. Like I think with with Russ and just not even just Russ, just a player taking up that big of a contract, $41 million, whether they're playing or not, if they're not a top 15, top 10 guy, you're at a disadvantage 
because your roster is going to be much, much thinner when somebody is making 30, 35% of the salary. So if you look at the Wizards roster last year, like if we're being honest, they probably had five legitimate NBA players. Like guys that that would get minutes on every team in the league. Um, and that's a problem when you start to hit, when you get hurt or there's COVID. You know, Thomas Bryant injury, it wasn't so much that Thomas Bryant was this elite player. It was that behind Thomas Bryant, you only had Robin Lopez and then you had to go get Alex Lynn off the street. So, you know, when you lack depth, that, that can hurt you, you know, more than anything at times. And then with Russ playing with that that bad quad, you know, that's how you go 17 to 30. That's how you start 17 to 32. So uh, I don't think they're going to be 17 to 32 this year with the depth they have. Because I really think they have like, they probably have like 11 or 12 like legitimate, I say like 11 legit NBA players. Well, I feel like any one of these guys, if they're healthy, they can get minutes on a playoff team. Um, and so that bodes well for you if you're dealing with injuries or with COVID protocols. Um, so, but then I don't think they have the star power at the top to go on like a 17 and six run. So I think they could fall somewhere. I, 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 they're definitely a better team. There's no question about it. But it could ultimately mean they're not record wise. They're not much better than what they were last year. Um, it just depends. It, it's going to depend on who's healthy, the continuity of the roster, how many, how much time guys are able to actually play together on the floor. Because again, last year, the Wizards had so many different starting lineups. They had so many different guys rotating through the through the wing spots. Like you never could really get continuity like that if guys are always in and out of lineup. So they got to stay healthy. And I think if they do that, I think they could be a team that's over 500. And if you're over 500 in the East, then you could be a top six seed. Sure. I absolutely agree with that. Uh, D, based on all the moves that we've made and uh, just off the stuff you've seen, in your opinion, where do you kind of see this team fitting in the Eastern Conference? I definitely think playing is the most realistic area now my question is when you say playing team are you saying like 9 10 playing team or like 7 ac playing team just somewhere in there i I think that it's if you want to get more into specific range than you can but i mean i i I would think that eight and nine is probably realistic either one Uh of those two Mm -hmm. I think that that seven eighth range. I don't think they'll be fighting for that nine ten spot. I think they'll be more in that seventh eighth range, which puts them in play for potentially that six seed. I think they can do it. Um, like Damo said about the depth and the improvement and just continuity of the roster, improved coaching, which is big for me. Um, when you look at the one and two, you know the top two guys on the roster. It definitely, you could definitely say that that's not enough, you know, top talent to push them above, like into that four type range. But 
I think they have a shot if everything really goes right and like nobody gets really banged up. I think they have a shot to possibly be in that six, maybe five range. But realistically, playing, I definitely think currently constructed, unless they make a big move or something like that, I think playing is realistic. Maybe seventh, eighth. I would hope not ninth, but maybe seventh, eighth seed. I definitely think that's fair. And I mean, as a fan, I would love to see them get into that five, six range. That would, the, the one thing that would tell me, honestly, is that number one, Spencer Dinwiddie is an all-star. And number two, the coaching was honestly the best fit possible because it, the, the roster really is basically the same roster, but you basically just added KCP and Harold and Kuzma. And typically, would that make you go from uh, a 10? a nine, 10 seed to a five or six seed, you know, maybe, but odds are probably not, especially when you consider mm -hmm. that Westbrook is a future hall of famer and Dinwiddie is still coming off that injury. So um, I would definitely love to see that, but let's look now and compare teams in the East. I think we can all agree that it's going to be Brooklyn and Milwaukee as those one, two seeds. And I think a lot of people would rush to put Philly as kind of that third team or somewhere in that top three. And I'm not so, sur so sure that you can do that right now based off everything that's going on. Now, they did bring back Danny Green. Um, they still have Seth Curry. They did some other things with their bench as well. But it's basically the same team as last season. And now they could be without Ben Simmons. If, if the trade value isn't there and other teams don't want to pull for him, then guess what? He's going to be sitting out. And they're going to be down a really solid defensive player, a good passer, a good rebounder, an excellent player in transition. People act like Ben Simmons is like a bottom two or three point guard in the NBA. Ben Simmons is an extremely talented player. Now, you can argue over his value based off what his strengths and weaknesses are and all that. We're not here to get into that. The point is he's a valuable player and impacts your team more often than not in a positive way. Of course, the free throw shooting and the shooting liabilities and all that, yeah, that's a big part of it. But overall, he positively impacts you. And naturally, that impacts where people kind of project Philly. So, D, I'm interested where you kind of see Philly fitting in all this right now and how seriously should we be taking them this season? Um, I originally had them, you know, though that top three spot, but seeming as if the situation is just getting worse and worse and – they're going to have to move Ben at this point. Like, there's no way you can just have him in the locker room. You know, that situation it just seems like it's just getting more toxic by the day. Um, I kind of look at it similarly to as an Eagles fan, like when Carson Wentz was having his issues with Philly. And, you know, they were talking about Wentz and Doug Peterson, et cetera. You kind of had no choice but to move Carson Wentz for an analogy. And I feel like it's the same with Ben Simmons. So I don't know who they'll get back for Ben Simmons, but I would drop them down, you know, a tier. You know, I still think they're a good, solid team. They still have Joel Embiid. I just, it's really dependent on who they replace Ben Simmons with, but sure. definitely Bucks, Nets, and I would definitely give the Heat the respect. I'll give the Heat the respect. Okay. For that top And then team. we're definitely going to get into Miami here in a second because I think they're kind of the the big unknown here. They're like the boom or bust team in the Eastern Conference this year, I feel like. Uh, Dama, where do you kind of see Philly with everything that they got going on? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I got them. I mean, if uh, it's clear now, Ben is not staying there. He, I mean, that's done. Um, but I mean, I, I think it's going to depend on who they get back for him. If they get back CJ McCollum, I'm not dropping them at all. Like they stood an elite team to me. Um, mm-hmm. And they may not be, maybe maybe getting CJ back. Maybe they're not as good regular season because there's going to be an adjustment. Um, and defensively, you're losing a lot with Ben. But I think that makes them a better playoff team. Um, sure. Because trying to stop CJ and, and B as a one-two punch scoring the ball, I mean, that, that's, that's going to be tough. Because I think CJ got another level uh, that he hasn't really been able to show because he's sharing backcourt touches with Dame Lillard. So, uh, yeah, if they got him back, I'm not. I wouldn't move them at all. They would be an elite team. But if, if, if they do a deal with like the Timberwolves and they're getting back, they're getting back uh, like a D'Angelo Russell and some filler. Um, yeah, I would drop them significantly. Uh, or if they did a deal with like the Kings and they're getting back Tyrese Halliburton and picks, I would drop them significantly. Um, so it it just depends. Uh, but. I, I still think they're going to be a solid team. Anytime you got an MVP level player in, in B, you're going to be good. But it's just a matter of how good. You know, are you a contender or are you just a playoff team? Right. And I think Philly's thing that made them really good was their defense. And while Ben Simmons not being with them does hurt them defensively, let's not act like the Philadelphia 76ers were trotting out scrubs all over uh, in terms of defensively. Seth Curry can defend. Danny Green, we all know, is a capable defender. Tobias Harris is a capable defender. And, of course, Joel Embiid is one of the best rim protectors in the NBA. So, And then you factor in um, some other key players they have off their bench, like Tybal that can play some defense. So they got some guys uh, that can fill that defensive void. Now, maybe they won't fill that 100%, but the point is I still don't even think that with the loss of Ben Simmons that the Sixers would be this big liability on the defensive side of the ball. So maybe you do look at that and say, okay, well, even if they they lose Ben and they get some other guard, whether it's CJ McCollum or like, uh, I don't know, a a buddy healed or something like that. Maybe you look at that and say, okay, well, they could still now be better offensively because you have someone else to stretch the floor. So they could be even better potentially depending on how you look at it. Uh, but obviously, a move has to happen first. If nothing happens right now, then, I mean, personally, I'd probably have the Sixers still a playoff team, but probably more in that four or five range, uh, maybe and, six, depending on how some of these other teams play. And um, just to throw this in, I feel like a factor that also has to be brought in is we know we all know Joel's not playing like a full season, and Joel has injury history. So sure. if you include let's say a certain amount of a certain, like hopefully it will be a small portion of games that Joel and B would miss. Do you think that affects their tier ranking at all? Uh, how many games did he miss this past season? 20 plus. I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm off the top of my head. Like it's, it's almost guaranteed. He missed a 20 every yeah. year. Yeah. And they were still the one seed. Right. And I, and I think a lot of that has to do with, with, you know, when Embiid is gone, you can move Ben Simmons into that dunker spot and just put shooters mm-hmm. around him and they can still be an effective team. But if Ben Simmons is gone, 
you relying on Andre Drummond? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's not terrible. I, that was definitely an odd fit, though. I thought that they could have went with, like, a cheaper backup center like Dwayne Dedman or, 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 like, a guy like that. I didn't think they needed to go out there and get Andre Drummond. I, but I think that that shows that Philly knows that, you know, hey, this guy's going to be injured. And if and when he does get injured, we need someone who can kind of step in there and be a starting center. I still think Drummond is a starting center in the NBA. Um, but perhaps he isn't as good as he once was. And his ceiling, of course, just isn't that high anymore. And most of all, I think that when you look at a, the center position now, he's kind of stuck in the middle between being like um, an inside and an outside guy because he wants to be an outside guy. But what he's good at would tell you that he needs to be an inside guy. But like he, he thinks he's a point center, and it's just it, – it's odd. Um, we'll see if yeah, it I'm works gonna, out for them. Here, he, the last two seasons, has played 51 games exactly out of a 72-game 72 72 season, both years. Yeah. So you can pretty much bank on he's going to miss. So they're going back to 82 this year. He's going to miss probably 25. Um, yeah. So, yeah, we'll see. And now, so one team that D brought up, the Miami Heat, with the addition of Kyle Lowry and some other pieces that they've added across their roster. Uh, Dama, where do you kind of see Miami now? Are people kind of ranking them too high or uh, too low? I mean, how do you kind of see that playing out with Miami this year? I personally am not that high on them, and I'm just not high on Kyle Lowry in general. I just don't think he's all that great. But... You lose Kendrick Nunn, right? Um, you lose Goran Dragic. That hurts. Now, is Kyle Lowry better than those players? Sure. We can, I, yeah. I think everyone would agree with that. But, I mean, just how much does the addition of Lowry really help them? I honestly think it helps a lot. Like, because Lowry won't be asked to be, you know, a top two option on that team. Like, he's going to be the third guy. And in some cases, even the fourth guy, um, depending on what happens with – depending on what Tyler Hero does. Um, and his defense is still really, really good. Um, yeah. We had Tyler Hero playing a lot of point guard last year. And I just don't think he's ready for that. Um, and then, you know, they benched Kendrick Nunn and then Drogic was playing, but he was hurt. Um, so I, I think they got better getting him. I just don't know – you know, Jimmy Butler just don't – I don't know, man. I, I think he's he's trending downward to me. Um, I do too, yeah. At his age and the mileage on him, I, I, I don't see where he's like an elite player anymore. I think he's really good, but I don't, I don't think he's an elite player anymore. So if Bam out of Bayou isn't taking another step offensively, um, then I think you kind of got these guys – miscast in roles that they're not really suited for. Like, if Kyle Lowry has to be uh, the second leading scorer on that team because Bam Adebayo doesn't take another step, or you know, Jimmy Butler is averaging, you know, 17 a game, I, I just I don't, I don't see them being an uh, elite team in the East with that. Now, if Jimmy plays at an elite level, Bam takes it up a notch. Tyler Hero gets back to at least the level he was at his rookie year. And then Kyle Lowry slides right in as that that super role player. Um, I think they could be a top, they could be a top three team in the East. 
uh, right behind the Nets and the Bucks, and then of course with the assumption that Philly uh, moves on from Ben Simmons, and so they take a step back. But yeah, I could see the Heat as a as a as a three seed. Sure. Hey, Dama, real quick, I want to ruin your day a little bit. Uh, are you on Twitter or now? Yeah, I saw it, man. I already know what you're gonna say. I already know what you're gonna say. <laughs> Uh, it's already begun, man. I hate NFL because of the injuries, man. Oh, oh, man. I, 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 Le'Veon Bell time. God damn. <laughs> um. uh, D, tell me about the Heat, man. What you got? I think the Heat will be pretty good. Um, I like the Kyle Lowry edition. Like Damo said, as long as he had, doesn't have to do too much and he's just coming in there, you know, just to bring that added defensive potential that he already has, you know, and just that veteran leadership, having another veteran guy in that locker room. And Kyle Lowry, I know a lot of people like to, you know, just aren't that high on Kyle Lowry, especially with him being at the age that he is currently. But adding him in is like just a support guy to a team that's on the cusp. I feel like that's a really good move, you know, and I know you had to move. Like you said Dragage and none, but I like Kyle Lowry. I think adding him on to any roster, especially a roster on the cusp that has Adebayo and Tyler Hero, who I think will have a bounce back year, and um, Jimmy Butler, who I, and I understand Damo's worries about him, but I, I feel like, you know, with Eric Spolstra at the helm coaching, I think they'll be pretty good, man. I think they have an opportunity to definitely be top three. I like the Heat. I like the Heat. One team that we really haven't talked about, which could take a huge, huge leap this season with some consistency now, the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, with McMillan now under a seat, going into McMillan now with a full season, um, it is going to be really nice for them. Another year under Trey's belt. The Hawks have a really, really solid team, and I feel like a lot of people aren't showing them enough love because this could be a sleeper top three team in the Eastern Conference. I really believe that. Uh, Dama, what do you think about Atlanta, the offseason that they had, and um, perhaps are, are they the sleeper team in the East this year to watch out for? Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, no doubt about it. They're, they're definitely – I, I don't know if I can call them a sleeper team because – they just made the Easter Conference Finals knocking off the one seed. So they're going to be on team scouting report. It's not going to be a surprise playing them no more. So, like, they're a target now. They, they're, you know, it ain't, they're not creeping up on anybody. So they're going to really have to earn it this year. And I really think it's just going to fall on how well they defend. Um, you know, Trey Young being one of the worst defenders in the league, man, you know, they're going to have to find ways to kind of hide him. Um, and, and Capella and John Collins and, you know, uh, DeAndre Hunter, they're going to have to really defend on that wing and in the paint. So, uh, if they can do that, they can be really good. Uh, but yeah, they're not sneaking up on nobody this year. So, um, we'll, we'll see how it goes, uh, um, and see, you know, see what they do. But I thought they were one of those teams that could have made that, made that move to really put them over the top. But I guess they, you know, they believe in their young talent and they're still trying to develop. So, you know, we'll see how it goes. 
So this is now five teams that we've talked about that I think we can all safely say are definitively better um, and will finish the season better than the Wizards. I, I think where the Wizards kind of fallen is after those teams. Like, uh, can they be competitive with the Knicks? Can they be competitive with the Pacers, the Celtics? Those are all kind of, I think, in the same tier as the Wizards. If you want to put the Wizards in a, in a lower tier than those teams, I don't blame you. But I think those are all kind of in the same boat. I mean, do, do you agree with me on that? Or do you think that the, all those other teams will probably be better than the Wizards? Uh, the teams we spoke about, yeah, I, I definitely think those are your teams who you can confidently say are going to be better than the Wizards for sure. But in terms of like the the Knicks and the oh, Pacers yeah. and the Celtics, like where like where would you rank the Wizards with them? Um, they have an opportunity to be better or right there with those teams. The Knicks aren't significantly better than the Wizards. Uh, the Pacers, no. Um, all those, the Bulls, I don't think they're significantly better than the Wizards. They're improved, but I don't think they're significantly better. Like the Hornets. The Wizards sure. are right there with all of those teams. Like the, After the teams we spoke about, it's, it's tough for grabs for the Wizards, personally, in my opinion. And, and that's the one team right there that I wasn't even thinking about is the Bulls because they're definitely going to be in that play-in mix, if not a top-six team. So... Um, at least in my opinion, because I still think DeRozan can ball. I don't. I don't care what people think about DeRozan. I I know what I see when I watch DeRozan, and I know the guy can hoop. DeRozan is a baller. He's a bucket. Um, the addition of Lonzo Ball and some other key players, I definitely think that the Bulls are at minimum going to be in that play and mix. And again, also the Charlotte Hornets, you you have to consider as well. And then the Cavaliers got better, so the Eastern Conference is definitely way more competitive. But I definitely think that the Wizards, after those first five teams, can be up to that six seed. Um, and then, of course, you have the play-in after that. I don't think there's a scenario where the Wizards fall out of the play-in tournament unless there is significant injury. But with all those teams, with, with Boston, Charlotte, um, Chicago, uh, Indiana, all those teams and the Wizards are kind of all in that same boat. So... Damo, I'm interested in your take with all of those other teams and sort of that next tier. How seriously do you take all of them this season and compare to Washington? I mean, none of them are, are contenders, so it's like it's hard to me to, to say I take them any of them seriously, but you know, it's really going to come down to, to coaching and health. Um, you know, depending on who's the healthiest of that group. Um, and, and who has the depth to withstand those injuries because the injuries are going to happen. Um, I mean, it happens every year. So, But but talent-wise, I, I think they're all kind of in the same ballpark. Uh, you know, the Celtics, you know, they got their two stars up top, and then they have, you know, they added Al Horford. They got some good depth uh, getting uh, 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 Josh Richardson over um, to replace losing Fournier. So I, I think the Celtics will be there. I think, you know, yeah, the Celtics, the Wizards, the Pacers, the Bulls, the Hornets. I think those five teams are like that next five. Uh, and they could and it could go any, any way. They're all going to be fighting probably for, you know, that six to ten range. Um, and I think it's going to be it's going to be similar to how it was last year where like that 
that six seed, six through ten seed is going to be decided by like a couple games. Um, sure. You know, so yeah, it's going to be it's going to be intense towards the back end of the year on where things kind of shake out and who's playing for what. But uh, I'm I'm anxious to see it. But like I say, it's got it's going to come down to coaching and health. Got to stay healthy. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, D, before we get out of here, since you did bring up Chicago, just kind of recap the kind of offseason that they had and how much better you think they'll be this season. I uh, definitely think they're going to be improved, especially from last season. You add DeRozan, you add Caruso, you add Bull. Then, of course, they added Vucevic. Was that last season? Um, yeah. I, I think they have an opportunity to really make some noise. Um, they're not in, obviously, that top three that we talked about. They could be in the play for that four, fifth, six. See, I like DeRozan, too, like you said. I like DeRozan. Um, I'm a big mid-range guy. I know it's all about the three-ball nowadays, but I love guys who still, you know, prioritize the mid-range game. Um, so I'm big on DeRozan. You know, you add Zach Levine, who's already there, who's already hooping. I mean, they Kobe White off the bench. They they got a lot of good pieces. You know, if they could put it all together, I definitely think they have an opportunity to be up in that four, six range. You know, if everything really goes well for them. Yeah, I agree. I, they're they're a sleeper team for me in terms of getting that six seed. But I think, like Damo was saying, I think all five of those teams you can make an argument for 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 getting that last playoff seed before you get into the play-in. But um, I think that's some good talk for today, and I think that's where we'll leave it. I kind of just wanted to get into some some other teams overall before we really get close to the season where we're strictly just kind of talking wizard stuff. So um, I want to thank D for coming on today. And we'll try to be back with you soon. Maybe it'll be a couple more weeks, but we'll wait to see if anything else develops. Uh, maybe something big happens with Philly and the entire landscape of the Eastern Conference has changed. And maybe we'll have to have this conversation all over again. Um, but thanks to D for coming on. And next episode, we'll be talking some Wizards training camp and some preseason stuff, probably a lot of rotation stuff. But thanks for listening and for tuning in. And we'll see you next time.